Hey everyone, welcome back to Behind the Bar. I am Toby Pack, your innkeeper. Jeff Thompson here, as always. JD here. Alex here. Felicia. Mac. And this is our Behind the Bar that is going to everyone. It's not just on Patreon. Usually we post Behind the Bar just on our Patreon, um, but this is for everyone. We're going to talk through character level ups, where what abilities everyone has, answer some questions that have been emailed in and some questions that actually come from our Patreon, where we do uh, weekly Behind the Bar as often as we can. Uh, we do miss some weeks, but we try our best. So if you're not interested in listening to everyone talk about their level ups, then this is not for you. Yeah, stop listening. <laughs> it only took us five tries, though. So it five every level we've done this once. They've all been cut. Uh, okay, so Jeff, you play in the show. I guess everyone knows us already, but you play Tim Horton. Oh, uh, that's you. I thought it was Spanish rogue. Guy. No, you've been Tim Horton this whole time. Oh, okay. Um, so go ahead and talk us through uh, Tim's. I guess character sheet, what what abilities he has, um, and kind of your progression from level one through level five. And um yeah, I guess after we go through everyone, I'll ask the questions and then you can if you have specifics to them, you can answer those. Yeah. So uh run us through Tim. What does he do well? What what things does he have? Well, and then and then kind of a preface to this, since we switched partway through the campaign to Pathfinder 2, had to retool him a little bit. But my overall conception of Tim was that he was going to be some kind of brawler grappler type person. So I always had him in mind as a really strength based character. As we went through the Pathfinder 2, like I don't know, different classes and abilities and stuff, there were some that were pretty good for unarmed stuff, but like for instance, the fighter's really good with different weapons and stuff, including fists would be on that list. But a lot of the powers for it were very weapon specific, so it made it made it so I would have had a railroad Tim to be only one archetype of the fighter class. There's no other options, so I decided to go with the monk class because there was a lot more options for unarmed combat, which makes a lot of sense when you think about it. So, um, so the first uh, class feats and abilities that I took were like typical monk class stuff: flurry of blows, which um, is awesome. Which is awesome, of course. In Pathfinder Two, they call it powerful fist which makes my um, damage go up. So rather than martial arts, for instance, it's called Powerful Fist. It makes it a, what, a D6 instead mm-hmm. of a D3. And Flurry of Blows, um, just so everyone knows, that that lets you spend only one action to hit twice, hit twice. right? Yeah, yep. With the same um, minuses right. that, you would, that you would use if you hit twice. But yeah, it saves you an action, basically. Um, and then because... Wait, what? Is that... Is that how Flurry of Blows works in second edition? Yeah. It's always an extra attack without having to take an extra action? Right. Okay, yep. cool. It's a lot more simpler than it has yeah. been in previous ones. The Monk Unchained yeah. was like that, though. Oh, it was? I never played the Unchained. Which is, well, that's what Tim was originally before we switched to Pathfinder oh, okay. 2. And, and since my character's human, I got an extra class ability, so I took Key Strike as well. So that's why... I'm able to focus and do more damage. It's like, what is it? Extra dive damage. So that's pretty nice. Then when I leveled up to the next level at level two, I took crushing grab. I figure all of the level one stuff were really just punching things. And I still wanted to go more grappler. Even um, grappling in Pathfinder 2 is the athletic skill. So my 
I took feats that were making that better. So anyway, so I chose crushing grab and which makes me basically do an, an automatic D6 of damage whenever I grapple anything. Uh, it does does it does your strength modifier. Oh, you're right. Damage. Strength modifier. My bad. So you're it, right, it turns right. your grapple action into an attack. Yes. Yeah, it's just like I grapple them and, and I still get the choice of all my grapple options, but on top of that, plus four damage. That's cool. And then I took How many uh, I mean oh, yeah. so much so many so often We've had characters, like enemies, all the way down to like one or two hit points. Uh-huh. Yeah. That could be, yeah, totally exactly. make the difference. Just get that done. Well, and you know, he's not really built as a huge damage dealer per se, but he does a good amount. I'd say an average amount of damage. He definitely does good damage. He holds you know? his own. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think so. It's fine. And, and grappling and doing that static damage every turn whilst whole, making someone incapacitated, that's yeah, that's huge. They can't that's, move around. That's like, allowing yeah, other they're, people. They're like flat-footed. Yeah, Especially for Raimundo. Allowing other people to do damage. Yeah, that's the way what it's they, all they about. Need. You, yeah, it's a vital part of our mm-hmm. Raimundo and I's thing is that well, you're able to Well, in other them. campaigns that we've done, I've always tried to be that controller guy. I yeah. like stopping enemies from doing what they can do so then everyone else just has advantage more or less. You know? I yeah. love awesome. it. It's I the can't best. wait till we hit somewhere around seven or eight and we really fit into that same like oh, yeah. zone like we used to have. Yeah. It's going to be awesome. It's always good at that point. Couldn't agree more. And then the last feat or feature that I got, oh, no, level four was uh, wholeness of body. I could have chosen an uh, actual wrestling move where you spin the person above your head and th- or you throw them, I think, actually. Yep. Cool. But I chose wholeness of body to get extra healing just because, I don't know, that might be an answer for a, a question in the end. But I took wholeness of body, which lets me self-heal myself. Um, I was going to say, it sounds like something Peter would would be about. Yeah. Well, it was nice because sometimes, you know, there's other squishier characters. I have the best health of anybody. So if I'm in a pinch and and needed some health, I figured I still get to do all I get to do, all of Tim's holding and grappling. Might as well give myself just an extra boost. Yeah, and it's it's just one action. It's a verbal action. Yeah. So all you have to do is be able to talk. Yep. Um, and it it lets you heal yourself either eight hit points or cure a poison or disease affecting you. Yeah. So it's really That's powerful. Awesome. And it also increased my key pool, which meant key strike is more often as well. So that, it's really kind of multifunctional. That leads to a, an interesting question, though, of like when you're working with a party, do you level to be there for yourself or do you level to be there for your party? And not saying that you did either way, but like as, like, as like when I've made a paladin before, it's like, they kind of are the everything kind of character. And yeah. so like, it's harder <laughs> than playing someone that I'm playing now. Cause I'm focused in on one thing. That's true. And so it's like, how far do you go to trust your party to take care of you and not be away from them yeah. or rely on yourself? It's true. Well, I, I figured if I'm in a position to move, I can get wherever I want. But if I'm grappling, I'm not in a position to move, and thus I need to be able to take care of myself. That's a so super good point. Yeah, so I don't know. So um, one of the questions that we have that um, I'll have each of you answer as we go around um, is when you were leveling up, the things that you chose where you got to make a choice, was it character story-driven or was it purely strength, like Min max, I guess, driven. Um, like in the regards to wholeness of body, it was both because it was definitely mechanics wise, as I just mm-hmm. described. But at the same time, I want Tim to be the guy that never complains that his hands are cold yeah, or that or he's uncomfortable sick. or that he gets sick. Uh, we've already done that, the thing where he got 
sick of something, he wouldn't tell anybody. Like just it's just he doesn't want to appear weak, right? Because he was, you know, he was his older brothers and stuff in the past always picked on him and beat him up and stuff. <laughs> I think uh, for for you, one of the the biggest things and what I, what I really admire about Tim and the way that you've leveled him is uh, you because of Raimundo took halfling luck. Tim has halfling luck. Yep. Which cost you two feats? Yeah, so my, so my third level feat was uh, what's versatile heritage. So that I decided to choose that at the time that Raimundo was talking to Tim about how to talk to ladies. And then um, when Raimundo and uh, Tim were trying to get in that locked door and Tim got really frustrated with Raimundo and then tried to beat be, be open the door and then the bell started getting rung and then you disguised yourself and she stabbed and uh, Felicia sta- or uh, Uma stabbed you. Oh yeah. <laughs> I was like, that's another opportunity for Tim to grow where he needs to, cause, cause he saw when we were in the dungeon, he saw Raimundo talking to himself and he, he was, no, he was like talking to like the traps and stuff, yeah. trying to woo the traps. And so he's like, I could really learn how to be more suave from this character and so I wanted to go this halfling route where it was kind of another is very role playing in the fact that he's learning from another character about how to make mistakes, but also how to cover them up at the yeah. same time. So again, trying to be the tough guy. Super story driven choice. Yeah. So you're trying to keep Absolutely. everything self-contained. Like Tim doesn't need anything from anyone, but he'll give things to other people. And right. so you're very self-contained in the process of doing that. Absolutely. No, it's very true. Uh, will you explain, Tim uses uh, something that you call mountain stance yes. quite often. Mm-hmm. Um, can you just explain what mountain stance does for Tim and yeah. and uh, just why you use it? Yeah, it's uh, so it's a monk ability. Mountain stance is just as it's described. He be- he becomes mun mountain. He's like, uh, he's his speed reduces, but his AC goes up, his health goes up, and he's able to do a special attack called... What was it called? Let me look real quick. Falling Stone? Falling Stone. Yeah, that's it. It's called Falling Stone. And it's basically a haymaker, yeah. So rather than doing quick attacks, it's one big, it's still one action, but it's one big attack that instead of doing a D6 of damage, it's doing a D8. Or a D4 of damage, it's doing a yeah. D8. Which you can't flurry of blows if you're Mountain Stance, right? Can't flurry of blows a Mountain Stance, or a Falling Stone. I can flurry of blows in Mountain Stance. Not Falling But I can't stone. do a Falling Stone flurry of blows. It has to be just regular fists. So that's kind of the difference in that. That's the only way I can access a higher damage attack. But I'm still pretty fast even with that because they give you that extra movement. Right. But it's it's nice to do that. The best part about that is getting the boost to AC. That's like the main reason it took it. So it's almost like fighting defensively. Yeah, it is. It's a lot like that. It just it I imagine just a guy that, you know, he gets into like a durable mode where he's just an implacable wall. Mm-hmm. You know, hit him all you want, do damage if you can, but he's not going anywhere. I think he has the most health out of the whole party. Oh, he definitely does. Yeah, absolutely. How much HP do you have? Currently 83. <laughs> I'm, I'm close, but not quite You're there. really close. 68. But you make up for that in in special mastery of your weapons. Oh, absolutely. That's where that given to Peter has 58. <laughs> <laughs> I have 50. Zah. 48. 48. 48? You're squishy. Yeah. At the weakest. Uh, Mac. Okay. You play Eliwick Stumbleduck. I do. Give us a, a run through of your choices, things that Ellie does. Um, tell us about Ellie. Sure. Uh, so she, 
What was that? I said, I have the same face. Yeah. <laughs> I was hoping it would segue to you because uh-huh. I was like, ah, oh, hit points. No. All right. So, Eliwick is a sorcerer. She started as an oracle because she really wanted to go more like social mastery, but there really wasn't a skill in Pathfinder 1 or a a class in Pathfinder 1 that really fit. Uh, But the sorcerer class in Pathfinder 2 actually gives me exactly what I want without um, the, what's it called? Like the setback or something? No, no, no. Uh, no, it's it's the like prestige drawback? class. Oh, the prestige oh, class. Without right. the prestige class, yeah. Um, so her spells have all been chosen. Definitely not party-based, like at all. <laughs> like she is so selfish and self-absorbed. Um, and she's also not min-max at all. She is like pure character choice, um, unfortunately. <laughs> so she's not always useful in every situation like she could be. Um, so my cantrips that I currently have are produce flame. Um, when in doubt, she just lights something on fire and runs away. Uh, she has detect magic, daze, prestidigitation for sure. She has an obsession with like keeping things clean and that's where I wasted one of my cantrips on that. Um, ghost sound, again, so she can distract, make a rumors, make noises, get people to go somewhere else, uh, and then mage hand so she doesn't have to pick up or open her own doors. Um, Which we want to point out, normally you can't open doors with that, but Toby lets that happen for her character. It's very kind. It's very kind. Um, First level spells are illusory disguise uh, because like we've seen, we need to like sneak in as other people. Uh, She has charm as one of her signature spells. She's going to start using that more. Um, again, in Pathfinder 1, I was so afraid to take all of these spells like charm and anything that really goes against their charisma modifier or anything like that because it just always fails. Like, so Pathfinder 2 has really given me a high spell DC. Uh, it's 21 now. So I really want to start, yeah, I really want to start using it more. But it levels with you. It scales. Yeah. So you're not. That's my biggest complaint of the other. Yeah. Yeah. So, first so your level thing, one spells yeah. are still super useful. Yeah, You're even in valid. Starfinder, you, I couldn't hold person somebody at right. 10th yeah. level exactly. anymore. This wasn't happening. Because your spell yeah. DC was like 14 yeah, or exactly. like 15. They would always overpower yeah. it. Uh, so super cool there. Uh, sleep. She just makes everyone go to sleep, run away. Uh, color spray. Again, these aren't very lethal. There are much more damage dealy heavy spells that I could have taken, but that's just like not her. Has she ever used color spray? She never has. I think you tried to convince her to use it in the dungeon and she burned that thing. She melted that's right instead. Oh yeah. Use the fire. Yeah. Use the produce flame at a higher level. Um and then second level is touch of idiocy. Again, it's all about manipulation with her. Uh telekinetic manipulation. Nope. Telekinetic maneuver. Uh, paranoia, which I love. You can make people freak out, start attacking their allies. And silence, uh, so she can get rid of spellcasters if she sees them. Um, or if she's just annoyed. Like a kid's crying, boom, done. Which happens a lot. I didn't know you um, had so many actually, great spells. Wow. Uh, silence has to be on a willing creature. Really? Mm-hmm. Yeah. How, how does that? Then why? Then, it, then it, why would you take it? Does it make you quieter? It makes you quiet. So it's so not if you're sneaking, no like one can hear yeah. you. Oh, she probably accidental party benefit. Yeah, Um, but you also yeah, that was where I was just banking on Pathfinder one. Go ahead. Yeah, 
You also can't cast spells, like verbal components when they're silenced, but um, it makes it so that they're like, they can't be heard. They can walk and, and just completely silent. That would have been so helpful in so many situations. Yeah. Uh, huh. So this is good. This is what this is for, right? <laughs> right. Learn what you can do. Uh, third level, I took hypercognition, which is just to recall knowledge. So that's all about Ellie writing everybody's info down and just being a super snoop. Uh, so she can just recall that. And so it gives me a lot of bonuses when it comes to recalling knowledge about people, weaknesses, and everything like that. Which is one of your few one-action spells. Yeah, it's awesome. And then blindness and clairaudience, which is like my favorite new spell I took because you basically just create an invisible ear in a room, walk away, and you can still hear exactly what's happening in the room. And you she hasn't have, had to use it yet. You don't have to be in the room. You can. You don't have to be oh, able yeah, to see it or anything. Like, you can just cast it through a wall and listen to what's on the other side of a wall. Oh, you cast so it through a wall? Mm-hmm. Up that's to even 500 better. feet. That's 500. even better. 500? That sounds like yeah. something I was Because that's like, like what we life. came across fairly yeah. recently about semantics. What is it called? The verbal. Yeah, yeah verbal and semantic yeah. component. Which yeah. uh, what it hasn't, you just got it at level five. So it hasn't, yeah. you haven't been able to use it yet because you were out of town while we've been level five. A million years, but yeah. But that would be great to use like, in the palace or toss at places to hear what people are talking about. Like that's going to be super helpful. Oh yeah. When we go to tea, when we invite people over, she's going to um, be the worst. Tell us about, uh, so sorcerers get to take a bloodline. What bloodline did Ellie end up taking? Uh, she took the hag bloodline. Which opens up a lot of the manipulation stuff, yeah. right? Yep. She also has the occult evolution. Yeah. Which you've been using quite often. I have. And we don't ever talk about it in the show because it just happens. So tell us what that is. Yeah, so it's a really cool feat where I can basically train myself in one skill of my choice. It takes a minute, and then I get to choose one mental occult spell to prepare. Anything from the mental occult oh, cool. like spell list. Oh, so, that's rad. Super, super cool. Usually I just use it for soothe just in case that I, I get... I'm very squishy. So, but there's, as I level up, I have a whole list of spells that I can just, as long as I have a minute, I can prepare that spell, including crazy things. Like I could do calm emotions. I can do feeble mind, whatever that is. Um, Anyway, and then all of her other skills are like courtly graces. She can read lips from people far away. And then she took a trick magic item. So any magic item that we come across, she'll be able to sort of trick it doesn't have to be in my spell domain in order to use it. Oh, that's cool. That's yeah. awesome. Uh, you have to be our, like, catch-all magic user. Yeah, that's what, because Peter and I sort of hit the same domain, so when we get all these magic items, it's like Peter and I can only use the same things. That's right, because you're both a cult. Yeah, mm-hmm. so we're trying to, like, I'm trying to branch out. Yeah, catch-all. Uma. Nice. Give us a run through of Uma. I mean, I know I built her. I just don't remember this shit. That's okay. And like, if we had to do this for crumbles, I literally, there's probably like three feats that I just didn't ever pick because uh-huh. I was like, she's just a role play character. Yeah. It's fine. So this is different because Uma is not a role play character. Like she's very combat heavy and like really into it, which is the type of character that is my go-to and I love playing them and I always have to fight JD to play them. So I called dibs this time because he was Thunderfist last time. It's true. So... <laughs> I finally got to be the damager. Things that you use um, with Uma quite often that maybe you can talk us through are lunge and exacting strike. Those are like your two main abilities. That you have to talk me through exacting strike every time I use it. 
It's a strike <laughs> that's it's exacting. exacting. Yeah, it exacts. Yeah, so my understanding of it is that it makes it so that if I miss an attack, I get to my next attack gets to still be at a higher bonus. Yes. That's really awesome. Um, just cause that, you know, that multi-attack penalty goes down so much every time. Um, and then the lunge is also something I use because I took it because I already use a lance, which has reach, which, you know, that's something that when people see you using a lance, like the bad guys, they're like, oh, well we got to stay away from her cause she can use a lance, but really they have to stay even farther away and they never know that because I have reach. And so I can use the reach with my lance and get them from an additional five feet away, which I think is really clever and cunning to be as like someone who uses uh-huh. a reach weapon. So is that like 15 feet or 10 feet? 10 feet. 10 so feet. you get a, a five foot reach with a lance and then an additional five feet with lunge. You get a 10 foot reach with the lance. Oh, then yeah, an additional so it's five. I thought it was 15. Yeah. So it yeah, would be 15. 15 you're you're totally right. Yeah. Totally right. Yep. Yeah, so I have a wide range that I can <laughs> I can fuck people up. That's super fun. 15. Do you, yeah, do you have do you have penalties for fighting within your your no, range, you don't. Not in not in second edition, which is so wow. amazing. Yeah, in first edition you can't fight with the reach weapon yeah. if they're up close. Second edition you still can. Yeah. Wow. It's so cool. Uh, it really makes a lot of sense. It makes me feel like a hero. Yeah, like I'm right. like, why wouldn't I just flip it well, around and hit him with the bottom like of my spear? Have, it's not like you can only hit people with the tip. You got the whole I weapon get, exactly. to hit. Exactly. I say all exactly. the time. <laughs> just the tip. Uh, Reminds me of a joke. Something new that Uma has, um, one of the recent levels that you've never used before, I don't think, is swipe. I Yes, I was just reading that, that it's there now. <laughs> <laughs> I got it at level four. So uh, talk Let me read your it. choice to pick swipe. Why haven't you, has it just not come up to you? So, okay, so my process in leveling is generally I make a character, I have this idea, at first level, we all usually talk about it. We kind of make characters that gel together. And then I usually spend like three hours like going through all the stuff. I'm like, oh, this would be so cool. And I devote my time to that. And then I have this like chain of like, these are the things I want to take. And so when the time comes and that level gets there, I just kind of take what's next on the list. Because at one point my brain was like, this is a good idea. And so whether or not I remember that now is remains to be seen. So I don't know why I took it. So it sounds like from that, Uma's one that wasn't leveled character-wise or story-wise, but leveled from what sounds cool. Well, so, yeah, like it was a cool character idea. Like I always love playing characters with reach weapons. And some of the things I take are more like in character. So like my feet, I have like a haughty obstinance feet where she, um, if people try to like control her mentally, she has bonuses against that. Or like if she, if they fail, she can, she can't be affected by that for the next day. And so that's just kind of like a, how I ended up playing her kind of thing. But as far as like the actual physical skills go, it's generally like I had this really cool idea and maybe later in the campaign, if something comes up where she learned something from somebody that'll be incorporated in, or I get to the end of my like pre- you know, defined chain of like, this is kind of what I wanted to be. Then I'll go look out and branch out into other stuff that might fit better into what the story is. Do you want to read swipe for us? So everyone knows. Yeah. Cause, cause I, I'm guessing the listeners have no idea that Uma has this ability. Cause I've never used it. Um, Players didn't know and either. if they, <laughs> I didn't either. If they hear what it does, they may be at home listening and going, this is the perfect opportunity to use swipe. And then they're going to be so disappointed when it's like, she doesn't remember. Oh, no. Read what it does. It says, you make a wide arcing swing, 
making a single make a single melee strike and compare the attack roll result to the ACs of up to two foes, each of whom must be within your melee reach and adjacent to each other. Roll damage only once and apply it to each creature you hit. A swipe counts as two attacks for your multiple attack penalty. If you're using a weapon with a sweep trait, its modifier applies to all your swipe attacks. Does your hockey stick thing have... H-E double jousting sticks? Yeah, H-E double jousting stick. Does it have swipe? No, uh, but it doesn't no. need it to use swipe. Mm-mm. Right, but no. if, it, if, she, if it had yeah. it, it does extra. When did we level to four, though? Because I don't know that we've been in, sorry, I don't know that we've been in that many combats since. You absolutely have, have been. We? With, like, a horde of the ghouls. The ghouls. All yeah, around all, us. All of them. Yeah. <laughs> Damn, son. Uh, so the thing that I think is so cool about swipe is, as everyone knows, Uma rolls really high. How yeah. does she get so many crit? And that's one I'm attack mastery. roll against two targets doing the same damage. That's fair. Just, so that's unfair. I will them. accept hate mail for that, for not <laughs> using that. It's because I have mastery in um, weapon, like in, in one specific weapon type, which is the spear, which, mm-hmm. which includes lances. So yeah, my attack bonus, like what I add to my roll is 16 for my first attack. Damn. Huh. So it's easy to crit because you just have to get 10 higher than their AC. That's Mine's 13. That's really close. Yeah. Yeah. So you're, you're plus two higher because you're the next proficiency level. Uh-huh. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm only mastery in the spear class. So. And, it, and it sounds like you've maxed your ability scores for, for your particular, right? Your strength is 18. Uh, my strength is 19. Well, four. Yeah. Well, yeah. it is now because level five. Yes. But yeah. So strength you is 19. Dex is 16, con 14, intelligence, wisdom are both 10, and then charisma 16 because she's fancy. So your character's interesting. Both you and Max's character are very character-based decisions, but she did straight-up character decisions. You did character decisions but maxed everything. So you're like playing a statistics. I mean, that's what you do. That's yeah. Felicia. She that's- does statistics <laughs> yes. and and equations and shit. Um, so, and I think that's really very different, whereas we might be hearing later, and I know Tim has made decisions based on what's actually happened in the campaign. And I love that. I think that's so cool. But it's it's a very interesting perspective. It, it, I'm really liking how different a characters, how we make characters. I, I love hearing awesome. all this because I, I feel like we can really help each other out, having each other's backs a lot more now that we know everything everyone can actually do and be like, hey, remember you can swipe. Yes. Swipe That's a no great swiping. idea. Yours just raised more questions. Mine? <laughs> yeah. I, I'm glad I know your spells because I th- I've thought of already six different scenarios that you would have had amazing abilities. Yeah. the I don't want to jump back real quick, but the Hag Bloodline gives you that Jealous Hex. Oh, that yeah. Used, that reduces someone's best stat to like nothing. Yeah. I have never had it be successful, I think was the problem. It was problem. one time. I yeah. don't remember who it was on. Yeah, you made somebody was, like cry. Like, yeah. yeah. <laughs> it was. I don't um, remember either. I think it was in the rat room. The with the. No, I tried. It failed. There's one time it succeeded. I'll find. I it. remember it. I. Yeah. I don't know. Like, don't listen to me because I never remember anything. But, but uh, what I, I think what's great is we can help you succeed yeah. in those spells now, especially if some of them are social stuff. Yes. Be, wait, when we get to me, I'll. Well, I'll have more to say on that, but but Jeff is right. Like knowing the spells that you can cast can make it. It's useful for the rest of us to set you up, right? Like in volleyball, like we set you up to that's spike exactly or right. something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Yep. absolutely. absolutely. Uh, that's Uma. Alex, you yes. play Raymundo. 
Some have said Raimundo, yes. Some people know him as Raimundi. Uh, so I, he's a rogue, and I was an untrained rogue when we were doing first edition, and I had, I had to make a lot of choices. I had to make a lot more choices there than I did in second edition. I had to give up trap finding because, like, I wanted to be a rogue that was um, like more of a fighter that did more in combat. So I had to give up um, trap finding in order to do more sneak attack damage. Um, there was something else, I think. I also had to take extra feats to be able to throw or, like, fight too... I was trying to fight two-handed. And then if you've ever played first edition, you know that it's, like, a whole feat train of... <laughs> Your feats are chosen for you and yeah, it takes seven levels to y- do it. Exactly. Oh, that's so, why I choose things the way I choose them. <laughs> it's true. It's hangover from first edition. I was <laughs> headed down that, that route. Um, and then when we switched over... I made out like a bandit because (laughs) I don't have to do any of that. Um, I can throw daggers. I can fight two-handed without taking penalties. I don't have like a long feat chain I had to take. I also get feats like all the time because there's skill feats now in second edition. Rogues get the most feats. So in first edition, they get the most skills. And because skills in second edition grant feats, they also get like a ton of feats in second edition. That's cool. So um, I I think huh. I have one, two, three, four. I have four skills that I'm an expert in. And I have... No kidding. Ex- Holy shit. Yeah. Wow. That's not all of my skills. Those are just the ones I'm expert in. <laughs> I only okay. have like um, four. No, yeah. And then I think I'm, <laughs> in, I'm like an ex- expert in perception too, or mm-hmm. a master or something like that early on. So, now. so there, there was a lot that opened up. And then because of that, I had a whole ton of feats I had to choose. So at first level, um, I chose sneak attack, surprise attack, and twin faint. So surprise attack lets you attack in the surprise round. Um, I don't remember what sneak attack does. It's your sneak attack damage. Is, is it just damage. extra damage mm-hmm. or yeah. when the actual flat-footed. damage yeah. for sneak attack? Okay, and then twin feint is if you fight with two weapons, you can use the first one to actually grant yourself sneak attack damage on the second attack. Oh, that's cool. That's yeah, awesome. so you don't that's have really to be awesome. fainting or granting or you don't have to like put them under a condition in which they would be flat-footed. So... Um, and then I also chose a pickpocket background. I basically, I built Raimundo as like a cat burglar. That was the idea. Um, and then I didn't have to sacrifice trap stuff. So I took a skill feat for wary disarmament, which if he fails at disarming a trap, he gets a bonus to not take as much damage from the trap going off. And that was at second level. And then I also took quick draw at second level, which lets me draw my weapons as I'm moving, which used to be a thing if you had a base attack bonus of one in first edition, which is no longer a thing now. Nope. So at third level, rogues become, that's that's where it kicks up a notch because then they have deny advantage. Any creature that is a lower crit rating than they are can't can't make them flat-footed through flanking or, or whatever. Like they're just, they can't be surrounded essentially. By by lower equal or lower creatures, and then huh. um, I took subtle theft because yeah, because I was just building him to be a cat burglar or a thief, so it makes it harder for people to to know if you're stealing from them. It increases the DC of the the perception check, which is why I was just trying to steal from everyone <laughs> I possibly could at the beginning. <laughs> um, it never didn't it 
it always worked out. Yeah. So yeah, you never got caught. I, well, so far, yeah. Um, okay. Oh, that you know of anyway. That I know of exactly. <laughs> so then, uh, fourth level, I had another. I had multiple feats. I had to choose um, sabotage is one of them, which is probably my favorite rogue feature which lets you take an action to actually break something of an enemy's so that it doesn't work. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah. And you, I think you like roll against the, um, the actual item itself, not the, not the other person. So if, Mm -hmm. if you're sneaking or whatever, the, the difficulty is not against that, the person you're fighting, it's against the item that they have. Hmm. Is that to set up like traps and stuff or is that like break with someone's sword? Yeah. It has to have mechanical parts, but if it does, you can break it. So to break huh. something like a crossbow, and oh, okay. they could just not use that crossbow in the in the combat anymore. That's amazing. Even if they're holding it and using it, if they're it. holding it and trying to use it, and I get it's close like you to cut them, the string or something. Yes, and I roll to cool. to break the yep. the item. What? So could you have used that during the chariot race? Because chariots are mechanical. Um. There was a lot going on in the chariot race. I'm not saying go back and do it. I was just wondering about the components. Maybe. I don't know. Yeah. I think I probably would have had to be close enough to another. Or just had the time. You were already late as it was to the event. Well, that's the thing. No one came and told me when I was supposed to go that I was supposed to be dressed up, that I had a fucking chariot waiting. Oh. I have the same issues except for I was the old man trying to get you in there. <laughs> Come in here, sir. Get out of the punch bowl. You were supposed to. I was I pretending to, to be blame? an old man. I was trying. I was <laughs> yelling. And then um, for fifth level, it's uh, you get weapon tricks as a rogue. So I think also your your sneak attack damage goes up. So that's the big thing for fifth level. Sneak attack damage goes up. So anyway, uh, weapon tricks is also really cool. If you, if you critically succeed, you get to do the bonus damage for that particular weapon type. Um, so for daggers, it's bleed. It's a bleed effect. Ooh. Mm-hmm. That's cool. That's right. The crit thing. Mm-hmm. Uma has that too. Any, yeah, lances. I was just thinking that. Yeah, any weapon hmm. you I crit can make with, them you clumsy. Yeah, no way. JD Peter the Bard, Peter the Priest is how he started, um, but then we changed that. It was that that wasn't even that was before we Does switched he, to that was first edition. He, he was is a he cleric. ordained. Does he have seven other well, friends? Well, his, his family <laughs> His family made him go to priest school, but he loves music and he loves playing instruments and stuff, and he loves healing. And so he discovered Shellen and discovered that he could make himself happy and his family happen, happy by being a bard instead. And so that's what he did. So so he can do, he, he does inspires. He does inspires, inspire courage and inspire defense, which he just picked up. Um, and then he has- so See, what's the difference? So courage gives you plus one to attack and- Skill check? Skill check? Tax, damage, and saves. Tax, damage, and saves. And then defense is plus one to your AC. And recently he took um, something, what's it called, that allows him to extend that. Lingering composition. Lingering composition. So the first one lingers, and then you can do the second one, and we get them both for a certain amount of time, depending on the rolls. because you have to let it linger? And then for spells, I took, it's, it's mostly... Uh, healing and, and taking care of the party. Like um, he has um, guidance for uh, cantrip. He has bless. Then he has soothe one, two, and three. 
which are huge heels. Um, he has Sanctuary, which puts uh, a team, himself or a, or a friend in a little bubble that gives him Sanctuary. Um, he has Dispel Magic, Restoration, Calm Emotions. Um, and then lastly, just this last level, he took uh, Haste and Slow. So that's cool. And then um, what else? That's really kind of it, right? Yeah, it's really the Bard. That's really all the characters and where they're at as of level five. So each time we level up, we'll do a very a shorter version of this where we just go through what was just updated. Every time we're going to do this? When we level, yeah. I think it was really helpful, to be quite honest. But when you level, you'll just go through your Dude, one thing that you take. No, I, so I just want I like another, in at level 10, we just talk about the last five. Nope. The fans want one every level. So we do have some questions um, around characters and how we kind of build characters. Um, the first one is from Steve, who uh, sent this in on our Patreon. Um, he says, given it's the first time around building characters, does anyone have some regrets in their build? Something that sounded like a cool fit for the PC, but didn't actually pan out right in play. Does anyone have anything they can think of? A first cowbell? time. A cowbell. <laughs> <laughs> um, the cowbell's been working out fucking great. Fucking fine. Lady Boynum would uh, say otherwise. <laughs> and the warehouse guys. Um, I had one that kind of, it kind of did, I guess. Um, but a lot of the stuff that we're like, eh, it's not really fitting. You let us change because it doesn't fit with our character. Um, so mine is just haughty obstinacy. Like, I haven't really had a chance to use it. And it just doesn't do what I wanted it to. But... It's there in case I need it. So cool. I don't know if I have any regrets about it. I sometimes wish instead of wholeness of body, I had the throwing person spell. But only because now that we're level five, healing's really not an issue as much as it has been. Peter's got it locked down. You know, right. I, don't, I don't even need it as much as I need it to. But it did come in handy at level four. But then also uh at this point now, I kinda wish I didn't have flurry of blows. I would almost rather go for, I, I mean, I like it. How are you gonna be a monk without flurry of blows, bro? There's some other really <laughs> cool stances on there that don't that don't necessarily fit Tim wise, but are really cool. That would be really fun mechanic I to see. do. But. Is flurry of blows not just a given for every monk? Like yeah, it's something thought, you have to pick. Yeah, it's something you pick. Yeah, really. Yep. Oh. Is that? No, it looks is like it's just given. It is one? just given. Yeah. Then what are my what are my two level ones? I got key strike. One, oh, and oh, that's given. right, and mountain stance. That's right. Oh yeah. Do you That's do right. you um do you like having key strike? You feel good about key strike? Yeah, key strike's great actually. It's pretty good. Uh, I mean, considering that the at least at the time what limited level 1 options I had, it's by far the best choice. That makes sense. Honestly. If you could retrain key strike into something else, would you? Um if depending on if there was more options. If there's more options that would fit a more grappling mindset, then yes, I cool. would. Uh, I don't know. That, is there anything else anyone can think of that everything seems to be playing pretty well? I wish I picked more, like, because we're both a cult. I wish I had picked some sort of different, like, arcana or a different path just to compliment. But it's not a regret. Yeah. It's more of just like a, hey, what if, let's balance the party. That's more of what a min-max party yeah, thing. Yeah, not an Ellie choice. What I think is cool about both of you being a cult is you both have completely different spells. Yeah. Yeah. You didn't like, I would have never guessed you were the same. same? same? No. Just soothe when she picks it up yeah, with her feet. It. Like, as just a, hey, we need some I extra pick up what soothe. With my feet? Soothe. <laughs> Dice. I don't know. She's one of those 
one of those ladies. Yeah. <laughs> a foot lady. There's someone at this table that's one of those people, and you're never going to know who it is. I think it's. I think we all know who I have now. a fetish. <laughs> what? Um, it's me. So, yeah, nothing really. Uh, Steve also asks, I'd love to hear everyone say something they love about Pathfinder 2nd Edition and something they miss from 1st Edition. Oh, boy. I miss Opatax from 1st Edition. Do you? Yes. Yeah, I could see that. Everybody got. I'm. I'm a dex based character. My dex is four. I could be making four op attacks with the extra. I could take one feet and take and. But you wouldn't get, be able to do traps. Well. Well, here's another yeah. thing. But in, I'm, I just I missed that. Well, in our old Mummy's Mask campaign we did years ago, my character had a ability where he used his whip to trip an opponent, mm-hmm. and any time he tripped an opponent. Everyone got a free op attack. Mm-hmm. What? Like, yeah. That yeah. was amazing. Was awesome. We'll never have that. It was yeah. so cool we'll for everyone else. Because I was so a fucking wizard. But. <laughs> yeah, everyone, hey, you well, made, that was, you, you, you were pulled busy, your own like, weight. floating to the fucking ceiling yeah, and lightning and shit. That yeah. was. Let's see. One, two. Because I got one, too. So it was six extra attacks in one round. Yep. Like, that's out of control. <laughs> amazing. On, on, a, on a creature that was prone. Yeah, a right. creature that would go plus prone. four bonus to all yes. that. Yeah, I don't miss op attacks because I I think not having them opens up more combat mobility. Like there's more movement in combat. I'm yeah. not complaining. Right. I mean, you I just, just wish that more attacks. Yeah, like it's it's one thing I really liked having. I I yeah, I appreciate that there's more mobility in combat. I also it makes more sense. Like not everybody should be able to just. Like, if I'm fighting JD's character and Max's character runs by me, I shouldn't be able to just randomly... Right. Yeah, you're, you're like honing on your one-on-one battle. Well, exactly. <laughs> yeah, that doesn't yeah. make any sense, like, mechanic, like from no, a storytelling point of view. That makes sense. But you, the more attacks would be nice to have well, as, as a rogue. And that's why I agree with you, Toby, because, like, anything that we had, such as more opportunity attacks, so did the bad guys. It, yes. And, and not the bad guys being able to just stab us whenever all the time does bring that mobility into thing. And I feel more free and more of like a hero, mm. which I really like. Right. It's, well, and it's nice too, because since I took the feat to take it, it's like some people aren't going to realize that I have it. And so the bad guys are going to move anyway. And I'm going to be like, gotcha, it, bitch. It's and a it's special great. thing. That's right. It really hurts. I wonder if Raimundo cool. took fighter dedication and, and took op attack. I th- I've thought about it, but um, honestly, like he's not, I don't, if he was surrounded by people to where it would make sense, he would get out, right? That That's not sense. his place in combat. That's yeah. Tim's place in combat. And anytime I've been, anytime Raimundo has been surrounded, he's just trying not to get hit, right? That's he's right. Like just dodging and. Uh, rogues also have, I think some classes have things that are like op attacks, sort of. Like the rogues have the reactive pursuit. Mm-hmm. So someone moves away from the rogue, they follow them. As That's like they're like, you're moving, I'm going to follow you. So it's still a reaction. It's just not the opposite. That was like a whole feet tree Mm. that you had to take. It was step up and then step up and strike and like this whole thing. And it was so, it was so many feats to be able to do that. That's true too. And this is one feat to do it. That was, if there's one thing that I miss in Pathfinder one, it's only because of how long it was out. It was just the variety. Like, sure, there was a lot of stuff to do and there was a lot of feet trees and stuff, but. But at the end of the day, I could think of any character from a book or TV show or whatever and build it in Pathfinder. And it was Very true. really fucking fun. But I, I, the more, you know, it only takes time for Pathfinder 2 to eventually get to that point. Right. 
where it's not so much the feature stuff, but I'm going to have that ability to make whatever I want. Especially because they're starting to include feats as rewards, like that yeah. you can just plug yeah, into cool. your class. Like you now have access to this feat. So cool. That's, that's pretty rad. Yeah. yeah, that's cool. What a good idea. It is. Yeah. Do you miss something from one? Yes. What? Uh, the skills and the trained expert mastery and all that jazz. I miss just having, I can just like front load all my skills into what I want to work on as opposed to like trained or untrained or expert. And I feel like I can't overpower myself as easily. Interesting. So you, you liked the ranks, giving yourself. Ranks I liked giving myself ranks because you could better. spread them out over. Yes, it's true. So much so, it kind of helped you remember what skills you really liked. And uh-huh. I get that. I thought I would miss that, and then when this, I was it was so easy, and I'm not a like a level up kind of like I always forget to put my skills in, and this way I don't have to worry about it. <laughs> there you I, go. I don't miss it because of Star Wars Saga Edition. That's how Because I, I always liked going, my character's good at these skills, and They're that's always who I am. Be good. Like, yeah. that, that's who I am. That, see, um, that's the question of, like, do I want to level for myself or level for the party? And it's like, if, you're, if you know you're good at these things, then you can level for your party because it's like, everybody, I'm good at these things, and I'm not going to go into, like, all these different areas just because I want to do this for myself or, like, if mm-hmm. I get in a situation just in case. Like, I think that's a really cool, I don't know, thing to look at. Like, I, 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 I want I want to know why that happens to, I, for some people. I love that you missed that when Ellie's such a, like, character-leveled character. Like, she definitely is. Like, yeah. I love that that's the thing you miss <laughs> is, like, is being able to, to front-load that. Um, what else? Anyone else miss anything from first edition? Not so much miss, but... I get confused a lot <laughs> between first and second condition. Like, like you edition. remember, you were you took a lot of time remembering rules that are now don't apply. <laughs> right. Yeah. Or I'll say, yeah. hey, can I take a uh, op attack? And like, those aren't around anymore. I'm like, oh shit, or you know, whatever. Right. <laughs> Do tarantulas great. spin webs? Ah, shit, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> oh, <laughs> what about um? So the other part of that question is, what about something that you love about second edition? So one thing you love about Spell second DC edition. Spell DC increasing with your level. I feel like I a hero. That. You feel like a hero. I feel like a fucking hero. I can do anything. I like. I don't have to first level. I come in and I can like beat the shit out of someone if I want to, and I don't have to feel like I'm still learning. Like I have this whole cool backstory, and like I get to use it, and that's so cool. I don't have to spend time building that. Hmm. It's funny the when you say come in as first level and I'll be like I'm still learning. I think that that is the opposite with the spell DC. You don't come in at first level being super cool at spells and then you just diminish later. You come in cool at spells and they just travel with you. So I think that both of those are go hand in hand For with sure. each other. They scaled this so well. I agree. Alex? I love the three action system. Mm, I can't preach. get enough of it. It's number one, dude. Oh, yeah. I agree. It's number one. It makes combat go much so much faster. I don't have to worry about what I'm going to do. Yeah. I don't have to worry about... You don't feel like you're wasting your turn. And I don't have to worry about trading things. Like, oh, well, this this round, I can't really do this, so why don't I trade one of these actions for, one, like, two of yeah. another one? Yep. I don't have to do any of that shit. It also made... Um, have we gotten to the part where he... No, but you No, can- but we will. It, it definitely made the haste and slow... Way easier yeah. to deal with. It felt I, really special. I also yeah. really love status effects in second edition. Like, Me too. With a passion. I think they're so much better. They are. You just take a penalty and that applies to like anything that, you know, 
Yep. You're level one impaired at this. Absolutely. Yeah, so really nice. cool. Agreed. JD? It's like Thanksgiving at the family table when you have to say what you're thankful for. I mean, for. you don't have, you to, don't have to have any. If you don't have I anything, agree with everything we gathered that's been here said. To like, I realized that my, my um, uh, spell AC or whatever it is was the same as hers. Yeah. And I'm like, oh, shit. She's right. Like, that's awesome. And then when Jeff brought up the three, was it you or you brought up the three actions? I'm like, yeah, that makes a lot of sense. It all makes sense. It's all good. Cool. Do you have anything, Jeff? Mine was the three actions. Three actions? Yeah, that's mine Freaking too. Freaking number one, dude. It it makes combat fun. Yeah. Matt? Okay, I got one more. Okay. I love the critical successes and critical failures. Ah, yeah, Where if it's yeah. 10 over, it's a critical success, and there's different actions it's depending. So yeah. Especially as a, as a spellcaster. Oh, yeah. Makes a lot of sense. It's hard to remember that. We have to always read the full spell descriptions Dude, because we miss yes. stuff. It's like, oh my God. What's well, kind of important when you, when you think about it, you know? We go back to first edition a lot. Our brains just, we just assume. We've been playing it for years. This is how it works. I have Stupid feats and, and stuff that changes that too <laughs> that it, we haven't been paying attention to. So Black Rain, uh, a new patron over on our, our Patreon, um, he asked, uh, he says, I don't know if anyone's asked this, but how do you come up with your characters? What are some of the steps you take in first coming up with the idea, then building it from there? Pick an accent. <laughs> Accents one. We talk about it as a group too. A lot of the times, just yeah. To sometimes see kinda, we just spitball and see yeah. what sticks. Yeah. Well, my favorite camp, my favorite mummies mask campaign. I'm going back to that. Yeah. We all picked um, characters from a movie mm-hmm. that like to explore places. So we all picked kind of explore things, and to me, it made the group mesh incredibly well. We haven't really gotten back to that sense, but we kind of still do it to a degree, which is kind of cool. Like. Uma was like a, a Knight's Tale type yeah. land stuff, while I mine was more like a Strange Brew type Canadian or Letterkenny type Canadian. So, yeah, kind of still that. Kind of get like inspiration from the things you like or like a funny joke. I thought it'd be hilarious to have it be off of Ulrich von Lichtenstein. That's Uma von yeah. Leinberg. That's the whole point. Yeah, right. And I just built that around this and then it grew into its own thing. So, and that's the same thing that happened with Crumbles, like just like that stereotypical, stereotypical like Russian accent. And in the beginning, I listened to the first episode the other day again, and I was like, holy shit, the audio is horrible. But also I sound (laughs) so Russian. And at the end of that campaign, I didn't talk like that at all. Like it was totally different. And she just grew into like that, just a different person. That's how it is in like cartoons and stuff. Like first three seasons are really weird, but then they kind of get in this groove. And, they, and their voices change, yeah. honestly. But it doesn't matter because you already know the character. Yeah, they come into their own. <laughs> yeah, and, like, it's, exactly. she's uniquely crumbles at the end of that season. And that's who she is. Yeah. And so I feel like Uma's probably going through that same process. Well, I, I picked – I said accents because since we're recording, it's – I feel like it's easier for the listener to differentiate us, you know, if we choose something kind of – and it's more – I don't know. It's more fun. I've never – I never – because when we were playing season one and I started off – microphone talking in a Canadian accent. Everyone was like, that should be <laughs> the next that. character. And I'm like, okay, I'll base. So I base my whole character off of a Canadian accent. Basically Want, wanted Alex to be that Scottish guy. Yeah. It was too hard. Right? It was, it, it was too hard to sound not comical. I, I was just Scrooge McDuck all the time. Yeah, I hear you. <laughs> I couldn't pull it back. And then Raymundo was like a long and painful process. Like I had a totally different idea for who you're supposed to be. And then it wasn't until you guys, I heard the rest of you 
and what your character ideas were. And I was like, I got to go back, figure this guy out. And I totally changed him at the last minute. But it worked out really well. So. So I have a bad habit of being like, everyone else make their character and I'll just be whatever the team needs. And um, it's it's really dangerous to limit yourself to that because by the time everybody picked their accents, I was like, there are no accents left that I can do, <laughs> that I haven't done already, that I haven't used already. So for me, like limiting myself by accent is really, really difficult because I'm just not as, I don't have as many accents in my back pocket as you, Jeff. <laughs> um, but really what what helped me create Ellie and, and sort of like Raimundo, it was, it was super painful. Even in our test run, I didn't know who she was. Um, she was a totally different person. And even like four episodes in, I was talking to Toby and Alex and I was like, I don't want to play her anymore. I don't know if she's good enough. I don't know, it, whatever. And what I based her off of was what was lacking in my other character. So we finished Starfinder and I was like, man, I wish I could experience XYZ with this character. So Sunny didn't have any emotion. Sunny didn't have, well, she did at the end, but um, all of the things that Sunny was lacking, Ellie epitomizes. Um, so I just tried to go the complete opposite to, to just to make more fun role-playing. Yeah. Uh, from my perspective, because I obviously don't create the characters, uh, I think that you all do what you said, come up with an idea, um, aside from Mac and Alex, but I'll get to that um, in a second. And then we sit down and just throw these these ideas out on the table, and then a lot of the character building happens in the first couple sessions. It really does. We yeah. figure out yeah, yeah, yeah. what's happening. Like, or even I would even say like the first eight sessions, we're figuring out what yeah. the characters are like, what as things are hopping, popping up into the world. Um, I say the exception with Mac and Alex is I think that both of you do something that the other three don't do, and that's create extensive backgrounds for your characters, like extensive backgrounds. Um, yeah, I did that this time. You both more did. than more than Tim, really? More than Tim? No kidding. Tim has a wow. Tim has a really uh, a really strong. I didn't know that um, character background, which I guess I didn't think about, but. Their backgrounds play into, I guess, to like speak a Brandon Sanderson. They have another secret. Like, oh, okay. like their backgrounds are very much. We like, have loose I built ends. eight other characters when I built mine. Exactly. Loose ends. We they have, have loose, loose ends. ends. Um, and Tim has a solid like. No you know who that. Tim is, like where he comes from. Yeah, so I guess true. that's true. You did write a, a background for Tim. I yeah, did. your lore is beautiful. Well, I, yeah, I, I typically always do a background, but it's. I'm not very good at writing a story about it. Right. I'm just really explaining you the characters and why he's that way. Which is good. I'm not adding any intrigue or anything like that. Uh, with with Mac and Alex this time, the loose ends gave me room to message you each stuff and say, hey, this is kind of this. And that I think that may have helped like a little bit with with the characterization. Um, yeah, that because that's true. Like I know I had a hard time. We are we both just mentioned that we had difficult times trying to find characters for this uh campaign so it it the backstory i think helps like if i don't have to think about who raymundo is i could think just think about this would be a cool story it's easier mm -hmm. to say which character would i want to be in that story if this mm -hmm. was like a real thing or if this was part of the game and then i give toby everything else and i'm like this is the one i want to play yes and I think what, uh, JD, I'm going to leave you out for a second. I think what Jeff and Felicia does really well is, you mentioned it, 
build backgrounds that intertwine with each other, Mm -hmm. which then when we start playing, I think every time you two have the strongest bond of um, anyone in the beginning, like really driving the story and, and you two are the, you are the anchor that, that the story dives in on. Um, And then those two, Alex and uh, Mac are the little side things of the anchor, but then we can always come back to um, Jeff to be, and Felicia. We get to be the B plot. You guys are the A plot. Yes. I've done it for both. I just can't help it. Like I, I understand Felicia's characters. Oh, absolutely. Yep. It's weird. Well, and we've known each other for so long now that it's mm-hmm. like, we're really good friends in real life. And so we just kind of get each other. Yeah. yeah. That's and, okay. Mac and I are going to play brother sister characters in the next campaign. Uh, you guys have, do get along. Really we're going to well. have a joint backstory, uh, and we're going to switch it all around. You're yeah. assuming that you're not already brother sister. Oh, ooh, oh. ooh. that's wow. uncomfortable. Talk about intrigue. Uh, you guys are like dating for a little bit. Yikes! Star Wars much? Star Wars. Uh, and then JD, I think just just comes to play. Like, it's true. Um, I think that Peter that. probably has more of a background than, than any anything, character you've anything ever else done. I've ever played, it's uh, true. and it's not much. <laughs> and when, I guess when I say more of a background, you came to the table with more of a background right. uh, than any other character, um, and we still help you build that background up by asking you questions. Um, so I think that you probably have the least the least prepped when you sit down at the table. Absolutely. Sometimes and that's the most fun though. Absolutely. It's like you can go anywhere Nothing with wrong it. with any of the styles that I, this is just my observation of, sure. right. of how insightful. the group the The very first functions. character I ever made, I wrote a 10 page story about her life and then I never got to play the character for more than a couple of sessions and it broke my heart and I was like, I can't do that yeah, again. Yeah, I'm not going to do it again. I can't input oh, that much effort. No. Like I just can't. And I have like life things now that I'm like, I don't have time for this. <laughs> Tony, I think that um, you're mistaken on one point. You make a lot of characters. You make yeah, more I characters to, I to bring that than too anybody else. So it's very true. I mean, you're you're thinking about this character before we've even met this character. You're obviously picking a voice for him. You're picking a personality. You've come up with a little background that we just don't know. How, like, what do you do? What's your process? I don't. I don't know that I do. You pick someone that's going to really annoy us. I mean, no. you've come up with a character like off microphone that you've never in, like Bagelman Bagel oh, yeah. Bagel you come up with these things but yet they never show up but yet somehow you've come up with new ones you know as do you look at a picture and see him and describe no it's all uh, this is this kind of goes into another question that I, I answered on the Patreon but um, you made a comment the I think it was off air once Jeff last week where uh, someone asked a question you were like Toby doesn't even know the answer to that because it hadn't happened yet. So a lot of those characters just happen when you interact with them. Right. And they I just think about it and then just let them come to life with who they are in that moment. So oh, okay. like um, for instance, Tick like wasn't really written into the story, right? Like Tick the go- the goblins were in that room, but I don't know right. who Tick was until you said he became until you knocked on the door. Name. The yeah. second yeah. you knocked on the door, Tick came to life in my head. Right. Um okay. I hadn't planned him Right, um, Geoff, sure. I didn't know who Geoff was until uh-huh. uh, Cash talked to that guy. And then Geoff came to life in my head yeah. in that moment. That's right. Um, I rarely plan out the NPCs that aren't story NPCs. Right. In I fact, agree. even them, Dame Crab, I had no idea what her voice was until whoever talked to her first talked to her. And then there was Dame Crab. It was like you um, and, and Mac had been talking like that forever. Yeah. You guys just gelled. <laughs> well, you described that someone place. that was wearing a lot of pink and cupcake and stuff, and then it came alive. Like, yeah. 
Yeah. So I, sometimes I feel like maybe it's subconscious to you, but to me, I'm observing it differently. I hear a description of it, you explain it, and then somehow you've picked the right voice. Like that to me, see, it must be instinctual for you, but to me, I'm like, well, there, I'm you. seeming there's like some kind of process going on. Nope. That's pretty crazy. It's just wow. so, there. So like it, what's hilarious to me is you think of, prepared characters and then never use them. But then the ones that come to life are your amazing ones. <laughs> right. That's kind of like my deal. That's true. <laughs> yeah. It's a battlement, for example. Uh, he just, he it hasn't felt right. I don't want to force him into the story. I agree. If he shows up, like I've been thinking about the party you guys are all about to go to in our current recording space. And I've, I've thought, is, will he fit in this party if he shows up? And I, I've kind of thought of some threads where he might, but uh, I think he's just going to have to just. No, I think Agamemnon Schmier opens up a shop on the other side of the street. Competes with donut shop. Yes. And it becomes a competition. And that's, story. That's, that's, that's amazing. And that sounds awesome. But again, it has to be organic. Well, like yeah. mentioned. There's, yeah. We can't yeah. just make that happen. You know, there, Absolutely. there's a point well, to do you it. You'll do it. just make him a suitor for Uma. <laughs> <laughs> Even though. Fill all those roles. Right. All the bagels. just every role. Even though we know he exists. Toby will still surprise us when he brings him yeah. in. Oh, yeah. That's, That's exactly true. it. Well, I think that in this this season, you've passed the torch on to us in that regard. Uh, great segue yeah. into the next question. Mm -hmm. About um, torches? <laughs> about what? Shovels. Fires? Oh. Uh, Chris from Minnesota, um, he wrote in and said, he wrote to our email. Minnesota, uh, Texas. Minnesota, Texas. I think that only works if someone listened up to season one. Yeah, it, always, listen to it always one. works because they're all from Texas. You're right. Everybody's Everyone who listens from is Texas. from Texas. Hey guys, one of the things I love about the podcast is how the players voice some of the NPCs. It's a great way to have different voices that are actually different voices so the GM doesn't have to do them all. And it avoids the tedium of the GM having the conversation with him or herself. This is something I'd like to implement in my own games. How do you guys set that up, for example? JD voiced Count Orlando's son. Do you know ahead of time... That one of the players was going to interact with Count Orlando. How would you have handled things if JD or P Peter had that interaction? How much notice and background info do you give the players? And how much freedom do they have to play the NPC how they want? It's totally so random chaos, right? I answered, <laughs> I answered that on, uh, I emailed back to Chris and answered Chris my, what I do on my side um, and gave a little bit of, info on you all, but I, I said that you would answer the question from your perspective. He just drops us into the fire, dude. Oh, look. Here's, here's he a, looks into our soul and we start here's talking. Here's how it happens. <laughs> Toby That's goes, happens. hey, you want to be somebody else today? And we go, sure. And then he hands us a piece of paper with information about that person. Or on a picture. It. Literally one minute before we have to do the voice. Yeah. Or he says, this is their name. Good luck. Yeah. Well, well he even so said, many good and then luck. he has the son, and then he would look at JD and wave his hand. And yeah, he, like, does, yeah. Uh, he does the hand wave and, a lot. And it's a voice that I've done at the table, so I knew exactly what to do, but mm, not but planned even, at all. Even still, like the table of Germans, you were like, I'm going to go oh, up to this great. table. Toby right. goes, there's five people, and gestures to our <laughs> and table. And just stuck <laughs> his hands yeah. in. We just like, okay. Uh. Yeah, he said, there's two girls and three guys. Go. And, like, and it took me a second. I was like, what? And then and I, was I was like, oh, oh it's I got it. And, oh. But I didn't, couldn't think of anything. And then Jeff, like, Jeff. Came, in, with the, came in with the with German Germans. accent. I was like, we're doing it. Zero preparation. <laughs> so, yeah, that's what I said in my email response is that there's, there's a very rare time that there's any real preparation. I think the only exception to that I can think of recently is Jimmy. Yeah. But that, yeah. I even think that you were Jimmy 
in that moment, and then I gave you more information about Jimmy. I, I played Jimmy just as long as I played cricket. That's wild. Did. Yeah. Who did you like was, better? Oh, cricket. <laughs> That's You got tired of Jimmy at the end, as I recall. Well, I didn't get tired of him. I just didn't, uh, he wasn't really a character in the yeah, same way. I hear yeah, He was, he was an NPC. You're Crumble's right. really like so, him. Right? So, <laughs> yeah. That's like. I literally just drop all the players in and. I love it. Like they a just jerk. Have to go with it. I, I used to GM a lot. Mm-hmm. And so now that I'm a player more than anything, it gives me that opportunity to flex that muscle. And I Absolutely. love it. Uh, but I don't always drop them in. They sometimes you all just fill the moment and just hop in as something. Felicia's Taylors. Felicia's uh, Taylors. That's an instance. Cabbages. Cabbage. The cabbage man. Cabbages. That, when he had to buy his healer's kit. When he had to buy the healer's like, kit. Three dollars. Steal. When you guys were all flower salesmen. The Which, best flowers. That brings <laughs> us to, did you have something before I move to the, to the next part yeah, of the Yeah, I just question? had one more thing. Uh, if your players are super hesitant, though, and don't feel comfortable just, like, jumping in, like, sometimes that trust level isn't there. What we did for the opening gala is you actually printed off, like, a half sheet of paper. It had their yeah. picture, and it had their, like, objectives, backstory, mm-hmm. so that there was a little bit of preparation written down. There was a sheet to refer to. Absolutely. And that's an also great way of doing that. We didn't run into, like, half the people that we got handed out. Um, so I think a lot of us have characters in our back pocket that if we ever run yep. into them or if they didn't die. Uh, the next part of the question is how much, or the notice we already answered, um, how much freedom do they, you all the players, have to play the NPC how they want? 100%. 100%. So much yeah. freedom. As long, no as, it's not, as long as it's not like a story NPC, but you usually play those. So yeah, we, we can pretty much do whatever we want. If there's anything I can say for our group and at Toby especially is rolling with the punches. Like mm-hmm. whatever comes out of our mouth, someone's picking that up or Toby's fixing that issue. Like Mean Girls is a great example of that. Oh yeah. Like <laughs> we just started being Mean Girls and and poor Mac was just getting attacked by all of us. But she didn't she, No, <laughs> to her credit, she stayed in the game. She did. She oh, didn't yeah. go she didn't abandon it. She didn't go, What are you doing? She yeah. just stuck with it. She stuck with it and went and just played as best as she could, rolling with those punches. Until she got to, you bitch! Still that still top three moments. Yeah. Favorite moment in, in season one for me. <laughs> me. Why did I call you that? Um, I, said, I said something, and then uh, they were walking away, and Karen turns around and goes, I can't remember what she said. Some of the sarking, and... Ellie, it was, you were no longer Ellie. You became yeah, Mac yeah, yeah. and looked at me and said, you bitch, like you were mad at me. <laughs> Rolled right out of Ellie and looked at Jeff. I said the last thing in in Karen Tischler's voice, but I was thinking of how can I make Mac mad at me? And then I said it. I knew she would. She took the bait. Oh, so oh. funny. To Toby's credit, though, circling back, Toby ha- is really good at, like, damage control. If we do say something that he doesn't want to happen, uh-huh. he's great at being like, not quite, and then describes what actually happens. So, like, we do have autonomy until he ju- he jumps in, and that's rarely, if ever. Super but if rare. something has to happen a certain way, then you always have control of the situation. Yeah, Steve brought up the... He says something around my... Got letting you all do what you want, but still somehow guiding the story in the direction that it that it needs to go. Um, but yeah, hundred percent freedom. Um, even like Mac is playing uh, Sepspenia. Sepspenia, uh, and 
Um, Still O for however many. Sepsinia, Diaspora. Sepsinia is actually like a real story character in the story, uh, but you've been playing her. However, there there was a moment that is in the episode um, where I just said, hey, here's her short little bit of her story that you need to know to play her, and then I just let you go and just do whatever you want. Um, we always roll with the punches in this group. I feel like you trust us a lot with with the NPCs. Like those are yours, but but then they become ours, and you you're you're like, you know, we're not going to do anything insane with them. That's how you run the game, though. Like, I don't think anything we're doing is truly impactful on end game story stuff. Nothing I'm saying or doing as a NPC character is going to change how the Lothies act. Like, I'm just not like, I'm going to go find Baron Lothing and, you know, we, we don't do that. It, You're it's, right. We're looking. We want to make you laugh. That's all we. That's all I care about. I just want to make the listeners laugh, make you guys at the table laugh. Yeah, if I can be quippy and snarky, and <laughs> that's me. I don't want to make more story. In. I want to be a dick to Mac. It's <laughs> funny. <laughs> I, I think uh, even more, less of the listener making the listeners laugh and more of making us laugh. Yeah. Like when we're all laughing at the table, it is, it is a great time. It's the best time, time yeah. Um, the trust thing, I think it goes the other way too. I think that you all have complete trust in me to not let it go a bad direction. Like, oh, yeah. yeah. Like to kind of rein it in or, or set up some guide rails if there needs to be. And I do that sometimes just in story. I'll insert another NPC that's there to in story course correct. I think that uh, Mac gave some good advice. Um, and in addition, kind of what Felicia said, trust your players. Like you have to have that trust with each other. Um, and it's okay if it if it doesn't work out right. You, no this wrong is answers. your game. You yeah. can, as a group, say, eh, let's backtrack a little bit. That didn't actually happen. Um, or hire yourself an editor who can just <laughs> snip stuff. <laughs> That's true. what I say. Well, you know, it, it comes down to this. What's the tone of your game? Are you playing a really serious game? So maybe you can't have players do NPCs. Like, we're looking. We like laughing. We like having fun. So you give us that trust because you know that it's just going to be absolutely silly. This game could be played so serious. It, it could be. Absolutely. But we. why would we do that? We, we could have made this a drama. Yeah, right. we want to have a good time and laugh. And That comment I made actually has a lot of weight in that. Maybe there's a lot of trust there, too, because I know if something goes off to the side, I can just cut it out of the episode and it. It didn't happen. That's oh. true. You know what's great? Like t- to your what you were saying earlier. You're right. Like the the only difference between a player character and the NPCs that we play is that the player characters have an impact and direction on the story. Like full all the on. none of the NPCs do. Because think about think about the conversation that Jeff or that that Winger has with um, Geoff. About where Chuckles is. Right. He's like, you find him in the bot scrap. That totally changes the direction of the whole game. It did. But everything that Cut Me said never did. <laughs> but it was still a running part of the show. Yeah. Like he needed right. a hat and he needed he had he an impact. A he needed to see the sunset. And he needed to see the sun. That's yeah. right. sunrise but, or whatever. But, whatever. But he didn't change the course of the sh- of the of the story. Yeah. In the same way that, that he wasn't Cash contacting Geoff and spying on people. That's right. So, you know, yeah. it's nothing super crazy that like we that. know yeah. of. <laughs> well, <laughs> at this if, point, we would have known. <laughs> if that were to happen, if we were to say something like that, like, and Toby was like okay with it, he would take the NPC over at that point that it was going to change something. I, I agree. was wondering if you were going to take over Sepsinia, like at this tea party. 
Like I'm, I'm fine with it because it's an NPC. But it sounds like she does have an impact on the story. She does have a backstory. You did that with Jimmy sometimes when he called her. Oh yeah, you played Jimmy when it wasn't me. And Absolutely. That was that was in order That's to do right. exactly that, change the course of the game. Yeah. Um, I won't be with uh, Sepspenya. Sepsinia. Uh, Jesus. Dude. I, I won't be because here's why. I have Dame Crab. And if anything's going sideways, yeah. Dame Crab is so overbearing that she can step in That's and fair. just like fix things. Um, but uh, there's not a uh, Sepsinia doesn't have enough weight in <gasps> the story. The You're right. She only weighs like 111 yeah. tops. She doesn't have enough weight in the story to really mess things five. up. The only thing that Sepsinia could mess up as an NPC is that you won't have all the knowledge of what's coming because you can't because of Ellie. Right. And uh, it could change that, but I'm prepared for that. Like, it's just, it'll be what, it, what it'll be. Um, you'll find that Fun Dame stuff. Crab's house is going to be very, uh, um, very Alice in Wonderland-esque. If any of you were in my Alice in Wonderland that adventure. That was so much fun. That was all of us. Okay. We all were. Oh, you weren't there. We all were. That was pre. Uh, that was second round of Alex. Yeah. So yeah, that's uh, that's all the questions that we have. Thanks to everyone who wrote into the show and had some questions. Uh, if you do have any questions now, after you've heard about the characters' abilities, or honestly, if you hear a fight and you go, "Oh my God, Uma should have used swipe," please, oh, tell us. Or oh, why didn't Ella use that one spell? Mm-hmm. Or mm-hmm. why didn't JD play more cowbell? Uh, <laughs> go ahead and always be more careful. <laughs> Write those in and let us know. Um, help them remember because uh, they they might not. I'm shit at it. I'm so bad at it. Really, just write in anything. Uh, write that into the side quest in at gmail.com or become a patron and get more behind the bars and write questions in the comments. Join the community that we have over there. We'd love to have you at the end. Um, That is all that we have time for today. And as always, remember to tip your bartender.